What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of All In or All Out. My name's Kevin Harris, and I am your host. What's up, everybody? Glad you could tune in this week. And this week, I want to talk about loneliness. Aloneness. Sorry, I said that wrong. I knew I was going to butcher that. Aloneness. Which is, you know, you can say is loneliness, but I'm saying the word alone. A-L-O-N-E-N-E-S-S. Aloneness. And here's the thing. And and I want to reference it off of the story of the Good Samaritan. And and talk about that. And and I want you to think about a time. And I'm going to, I'll share a time, you know, um, of a loneliness in my life that, that I was feeling and felt like I was in and, and someone came in and, and, and did something about it. And it was when I was, uh, like age 10 to, to 14, being the youngest of four boys, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got a ton of attention. Um, even though I, I probably did, but it just didn't seem like it or for whatever reason, but I had a, a basketball coach, coach Al, and uh man I, I love coach out of death man he 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 uh he really poured into us as kids and, and not just about you know about basketball but about life and and the things that um you know that matter that goes on in our lives man he, he would spend time with us he would take us to the store and he even took a bunch of us to a cabin he had up in the mountains um and uh he you know, he really poured into us as young men and, and trying to show us. And, and man, and he was, if he was kind of, um, he was a short guy, bald on top, smoked cigarettes like they were going out of style, but the man cared. And you knew he cared by the way that he talked, by the way that he listened. And, um, and, and so, you know, I, I share that story with you just for you kind of think about it, a time in your life, whether it's a long time ago, whether it's been recent, um, but but a time of a loneliness that you were in, and then someone came in and um, and 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 made you, you know, and helped you through it. You know, made you feel good, made you feel a, a, a part of something, or you know, or at least cared and showed they cared and. You know, that kind of thing. And so I, I want to talk about kind of, you know, what that can look like as far as the loneliness. And then I want to talk about ways, um, you know, that we can remove that loneliness. And, and then, you know, also talk about some um, irrelevant responses that we sometimes give to people who are in loneliness and and sometimes when you're in loneliness man there's pain there you know there because of some pain that happened whether it's a loss of someone or whether it's a divorce or or you know you and a friend you've been friends with forever you know decided to part ways or, or whatever you know there's some pain in there you know there's certain times that when we try to share with people and talk with people man they just say some of the stupidest stuff you know, it may sound good, you know, at first, 
but when you think about something, you're like, what? You know, and I, and I get into that too. So, you know, the, the story of, of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, it's this guy that was going down the road. And, and, um, and, and yes, if, if you're familiar with the Bible, there is a parable of the Good Samaritan. And, and this is where we get the phrase, being a Good Samaritan comes from from this story but it, you know it, it, it's just a story you know you, you can you know not everybody you know believes in the bible or, or or you know whatever the case may be but it's not you know just take that out of it because it's it's really just a story about a good samaritan and and here's the thing man they use some people in it you know as a reference to show um, we'll just get into it. I, I'll just get into it. Um, but the Good Samaritan, this man's walking down the road. Uh, he's walking down the road, and then, you know, we put it in today's time, man. He's walking down a road, and, and this these guys come and push him into this alleyway as he's walking by, and they just beat on him, take his shoes, you know, take his money, his, you know, jewelry, his wallet, his phone, you know, takes all this stuff. It's on him, and they hit him, and punch him, and kick him, and and they leave him leave him there to die. You know, they they beat him half to death, and and just leave him there to die. And then you got you know a, a preacher man, a priest, or how, you know how you're a priest, preacher, rabbi, you know whatever. <laughs> insert whichever one, whichever uh, whichever term you use for a pastor or or preacher or whatever, but. Um, comes by and, and sees the guy, you know, moaning and, and, and half dead. And, man, he just walks to the other side of the road and, and keeps going. That's like he didn't even see the guy, you know. And so he keeps on going. You think of all people, surely this man would stop and 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 help the guy, you know, and, and help him. So he doesn't. He goes on by and another man comes by and, you know, in the Bible, they call him a Levite and all that is, is like an associate pastor, assistant pastor, or, you know, the pastor's assistant, however you want to phrase it. But um, it's like, a, you know, or it could be the youth minister or whatever, just someone that's not the lead pastor, basically, on staff. And um, sees the guy and he kind of veers over to the other side of the road, pretends like he don't seem like, well, darn, what are we doing here? And... Then the third guy that comes is a Samaritan. And, you know, let's say that uh, if I was to put it today's time, let's say the guy that got beat up was Muslim and the guy that's coming is Christian. Or let's say the guy that got beat up is Christian. And because I'm not trying to pull cards or, you know, one better than the other. I'm just trying to show you a difference here. You know, the guy that got beat up is Christian. The guy walking along is Muslim. And, like, their two religions are, are totally you know, not the same, and, and you can insert whatever you want to there, you know, um, but not the same, but this Samaritan, you know, this good Samaritan stops, checks on the guy, and like, oh, man, you know, helps him up, dusts him off, and, and he takes him, you know, a few more blocks to a hotel, say, hey, man, I need you to put this man up in a room, and let him heal, take care of him, you know, here's some money, here's a little extra, and I'm on my way, you know, out of town, and, and when I get back in a couple of days, 
uh, I'll, I'll check on him and I'll, and, you know, and I'll, I'll pay you anything else that you may owe, you know, whatever, whatever that bill is. And, and so that's what the guy does. So the story of a good Samaritan, and, and I just modernized that, but that's, that's what it was. You know, the first two people you would think, man, like if anybody's going to stop, this guy's going to stop, but they didn't. And, and so the last guy who you thought would never stop in a million years because they're two opposite religions or two opposite cultures or whatever the case may be, like, but they stop. And, and that's where we get the term good Samaritan because he was a Samaritan and, and, and the guy helps him. You know, he just doesn't help him. And not only that, you know, he was on the other side of the road and he crosses over to help the guy and doesn't avoid him. And, and he goes, you know, not just to help him up, dust him off, and uh, but he, he takes him on, you know, walks with him a few more blocks to put him up in a hotel so the man can heal, get better, and, and pay for it. And then if it needs to be more, then he's willing to pay more. So this guy that got beat up, you know, he was he was probably going through a lot of pain, not just physically, but mentally of abandonment, people walking by or walking the other side of the road to avoid him, not wanting to take care of him, probably some frustration, some inadequacy, um, you know, wondering why, you know, people wouldn't wouldn't take care of the ones that most likely would, um, you know. So I'm sure a lot of things is going through this mind, through this guy's mind, and he's, you know, having some loneliness. You know, he wasn't feeling like he was cared for, feeling like anybody cared and um, and, and that kind of thing and, and felt alone. And and in that pain, and, and here's the thing, in, in the story, it, it can be you. You didn't necessarily get beat up, but maybe you lost a loved one. And, and you're feeling that alone. It's like for my mom, I, I can, there's no doubt I can tell you this, uh, of, of when my dad passed away two and a half years ago, you know, being married 54 years, 54 years. I couldn't even imagine being married 54 years. And all of a sudden, one of you's gone and the other one's left with a mound of a loneliness that you cannot imagine. It's just hurt and deep and, and, and just feel broken and the pain and the suffering that you're feeling from that aloneness, you know, or, or maybe it's the loss of a job, man. You, you worked for a job 30 years, thinking you're going to retire there with pension benefits, whatever, right before that hits, man, they fire you and get rid of you. The amount of aloneness, the pain that you're feeling. You know, insert whatever it is that you may, it can be something recent, it can be something a long time ago, but think, was there a good Samaritan that came into your life to help you. Because we've talked about it before on the podcast. It's not good to be alone. God did not intend for us to be alone. As we went through the pandemic and, and we saw just the the things that come out of the pandemic of, of, of a loneliness and the mental health problems and, and the things that it created with, with kids, adults, so all ages, man, of just, just how it just wasn't natural wasn't meant to be that be that way and, and we just wasn't created to be alone and and so here's I just want to share with you kind of 
Well, here's the deal. You can see someone, and you can tell by the look on their face that something's wrong. Because here's the deal. We all do it, some more than others, but we wear our emotions on our face or on our shoulders, as, as some people say. But you can look at someone and know that there's something wrong. You know, someone that comes into the office every day of the week and it gets on your nerves about because they're just so happy and cheerful and everything. And one day they come in and they're just somber. They're just, you know, just down and out. And it's obvious. You know, or, and there's some people you can tell, but then, you know, they're staring off into space more than usual. You know, they just can't focus. You can see it on their face. You can tell. The people who are experiencing something, loneliness. And, and here's what I'll, I encourage all of us to be. Be the good Samaritan. Say, well, how can I be the good Samaritan? All right, let me give you some pointers of being good Samaritan. Because the first thing is, well, first let's talk about irrelevant, irrelevant responses. Things we shouldn't say. I'm trying to use a big word there, sorry. Um, things we shouldn't say when someone's going through that. Now, look, when I lost my little girl 23 years ago, man, there was something that was said to me a hundred times. And, and, and look, I, I know people had good intentions when they said it, no doubt. And I still hear people say it today and it, excuse me, it drives me absolutely bonkers and that's oh but she's in a better place really okay reality yes theologically yes she is in a better place but in my world at that moment in my mind the better place is in my arms holding her why I'm rocking her to go to sleep, watching her grow up, you know, walking her down the aisle when she gets married, running off her first boyfriend with a shotgun, so whatever, you know what I mean? To me, it was just painful to hear that. And it's like, you already been stabbed and now they're taking that knife and just twisting it. And if, and look, I've said that before, before this happened. You know, I've said that. I've been there. But after that experience, or sometimes we just don't say anything. Sometimes we just listen. So you want to be careful with the response. You know, and, 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 and sometimes as a Christian, as I proclaim to be a Christian and and. And I hear it all, you know, I hear all the time with different phrases and, and other situations be like, well, God's in control. God's got this. Yes. But at that moment, that's not what they need to hear. They know that. If they're a Christian, they know. If they don't, you know, then it is. Or, or here's another one. And, and I'm definitely guilty of this one. And, and as I'm going through this stuff of, of, of relationship stuff and, and learning how to um, you know, deal with, uh, with people and, and relationships, especially what I do with working with the homeless and, and people in addiction and, and things like that, of just how you can kind of just to be able to help them better. 
and, and I'm going through this class, that's what we're talking about. But one of the things is, God has a plan for your life. Yes. But at that particular time and moment, all those responses may be true, but it's not what that person needs to hear. Well, there's always tomorrow, you know, or, you know, keep your head up, you know. Well, the enemy, you know, just when the enemy reminds you of the past, remind him of the future. And, and I, some of these times there are places and time for these things, conversations that you can have about this. But, man, be able to read someone's face and be able to see that loneliness. And, and that takes us up, you know, the next one, when you want to remove that loneliness, watch with your eyes and listen with your ears. So that you can know what the response needs to be. If there even needs to be a response. Watch with your eyes. And listen with your ears. Because here's the thing. Stop. Put everything aside. Put everything down. And notice people. Because they're, they're around us. I, I Look. If I'm being honest. There are times I saw somebody. They might have been crying or might have been, man, and I'll tell you this, Frank, man, I just don't know how to deal with, with a, you know, a, a female crying. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's just me trying to avoid the situation and not get involved or not, you know, have to sit there and listen or, or whatever. Because if I'm being honest, man, there have been times I've, I've been that preacher, that youth pastor, associate pastor, whatever. I've been that person who, went to the other side of the road to avoid them, put my hand, you know, on the side of my face, kind of high, like I, you know, I don't see them. There's nobody over there. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to go talk to them. I've been there. I've done that. And here's the thing. I miss an opportunity to be used, to be a blessing to someone because I avoided that because I could have been the person they needed at that time and moment that person needed to talk to and I could have had I could have shared a similar experience with them that maybe they were going through they needed to know that they're not alone that their loneliness is temporary and that other people have been through it so we need to stop and notice people we don't need to walk to the other side of the road we don't need you know to avoid them and, and, and when we stop, we need to give them our full attention. You know, our body language. People can read body language a mile away, man. Listen to your arms folded like, good night. You know, here's what I think when I see somebody like, well, he ain't interested. Or if you ever talk to somebody, because it's happened to me a couple of weeks ago, and it drives me nuts. And so I try to be more attentional about this because I used to be this guy. But like I'm talking to this guy, he's looking behind me, beside me everywhere but at me and just nodding his head mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but not paying a bit of attention drives me nuts and you may know somebody did that and you may and if you don't know anybody it might be you <laughs> so give them your full attention don't let your body language push them away don't let your body language push them away listen well enough to be able to summarize and reflect what the person's saying. Give them your full attention. Be present with it. We've talked about that. Be present in the moment. And then you want to look 
for the pain or the loneliness. You know, as a person tells a story, you know, see if you can notice any indications of how the pain may be manifested, you know, in, in, in an outward behavior, you know, at the time that it was experienced. You know, there, there may be something that stands out when you're listening that you can tell kind of how it started or how it manifested and, and, you know, maybe it gives you an, you know, an angle or what to say and not just throw out those generics. Oh, they're in a better place. Oh, God has a plan for your life. So look for the pain and the loneliness. Look, if they start shedding, you know, if they start crying, cause there's sometimes I can, I can, talk about my story and, and there are times I can get to my daughter passing away and, and man, I just breeze right through it. But there are times that it chokes me up even 23 years later. And so you notice the pain when the pain started for them. Maybe you see them kind of get choked up. Maybe they actually shed a tear at that moment, but look for the pain and the loneliness. And then you want to listen for words of the loneliness. Though you're hearing about, you know, the event that might have occurred a long time ago or recently, listen for those words of despair, of resignation, of hopelessness that they may have felt. You know, listen for those words. Hang on to the, every word they're saying, knowing that you're listening, being in the moment, and being present so that you can express comfort so that you can share with them you know listen well make them seem valued and there is no better way this is something i don't do a good job of that i need to do better that i think will be awesome there's no better way to leave your world and enter into someone else's world than by name Jim, man, I'm sorry that you lost your daughter. I, I can't imagine what that was like. I, I can hear the pain, you know, uh, that you're sharing. That you're not going to get to walk her down the aisle now. That you're not going to have grandkids. You know, start off by using their name. Because there's no better way to leave your world and leave yourself behind, to get out of yourself and to enter into someone else's world or space than by name. Because it shows genuine and it shows a touch of personal, of being personal, of knowing. So it's important. To let them understand, to stop and notice them. Don't walk to the other side of the street. You can look for the pain and the loneliness and to listen for the words of the loneliness and to be able to reflect those back to them. And, and look, here's the deal. Sometimes we just say, man, what I hear you saying is that when this happened in your life, it really walked, rocked your world. Man, I'm sorry about it. And then let them continue if they want to. But just sometimes, that's all we can say. Man, I'm sorry you had to experience that. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Because here's the thing. We're not there to solve the problem. We're not there to fix it. 
Because here's the deal. We can't. But we can make them feel like they're not alone anymore. So I I just want you to think about that. And I, I know I went a little longer than normal, and I apologize for that. Um, but, man, I just, so I'm going through this and, and seeing this stuff and, and knowing, man, and, and looking back in some of my own life experiences of, you know, seeing how that coach came into my world and just took up time and, and saw that, because my brothers were, you know, the next oldest brother was like, what was it, six, seven, eight years, what was it, six, seven, eight years above me. So I think, you know, they're they're long gone and I'm still, you know, when I was 10, they're 16, driving, gone, doing whatever. They didn't want their little brother riding around with them. Trust me, I did slide in on some dates now because I cried to mom and dad and whatever because I wanted to be a part of it. But that's just because I felt alone because I was much younger and I didn't have anybody. They were all within my three oldest brothers from the, you know, the oldest to the one before. I think there's only like three, three or four years difference between the three of them. You know, there's a year between two of them, maybe two years to the next. You know what I mean? So they're all close in age. I remember when, when I was little, they all three had motorcycles and guess what I had? A bicycle. And guess what they did? chase me on a bicycle you know how long that lasted me trying to run from them not very long you know how many times i got ran over you know one time i got hit had a concussion had to go to the hospital look i'm not looking for something i'm just telling you they were older but i was so much younger and i had this sense of loneliness and when that coach came into my life man i felt i felt good i felt like someone cared I felt like someone understood Feel like someone's spending time with me. So, think about this. Be the good Samaritan. Don't give them these irrelevant responses that they don't want to hear. The, oh, you know, what sounds good, but isn't at the right moment what they want to hear or at that moment what they want to hear make sure that you stop notice them look for the pain and listen for the words that show how alone they really are and you watch with your eyes and listen with your ears and then just make them seem valued enter into their world and let them know you're there to listen, to share advice if you need to, or to be like, man, no, may not know exactly how you feel, but I went through an experience like that. And don't get into all the details of yours and, and take away from their moment. But let them know I've been through an experience like that. You know, I did that. Give them the, the elevator version. You know, it takes, you know what? 60 seconds to get from the bottom floor to the top floor. So give them the elevator version of your story so they can know, sympathize, but don't take it away from them. So here's the deal. When it comes to the loneliness, you're either all in or all out.